Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. This week we are going to talk about how you can start decluttering without making a massive mess. And I feel like this is an issue for lots of people because quite often when you start you get you know, that energy and you want to crack on into it and you pull everything out and then you run out of time and your place is a bigger mess than when you started and you think I'll put it all away and I'll deal with that later. And then quite often that is a barrier to us getting back in because we don't know how to do this without making a mess. So let's Mm. have a chat about this today, Beck. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. It's, it is a big one because it's, it's a, it's an obstacle. It's something that people are afraid of because we're all so busy. And so they think, well, it's going to take me ages to do this because I'm going to have to pull it all out and, you know, then I'm not going to finish it. So I'll have to put it all back again or I'll have to sort of shove it somewhere. And that sort of makes you not want to do it at all. And I think if you knew that perhaps you could do something without having a negative flow on effect of the rest of the house or of your time, then it might actually stop preventing you from attempting a declutter in the first place. Yeah, so hopefully we can go through a few tips or tricks and rules that you can follow so that you can't use that as an excuse anymore and you've actually Mm. just got to get started. I can remember a time when I first decided to bring decluttering into my business and wanted to offer a wardrobe workout I think is what I called it at the time and I said to a dear friend of mine can I just practice on your wardrobe I think we want to I want to be able to offer this is like a three-hour session I'll come in help people declutter their wardrobes restyle it put it back and charge x amount of money and we went in and I'm like I've read you know the Marie Kondo book I know how to do this (laughs) and we pulled everything out of her wardrobe It took us about 12 hours to finish it. We were there all day, all night. Like I ended up taking a break. She fed her children. I came home, fed mine, and then I went back to her house and we kept going. It was insane. And I remember going home at the end of that going, this is never going to work because (laughs) because it took us so long. And I just didn't, didn't appreciate that whole idea of when you pull everything out and then there's... Well, there were times we just looked around and I'm like, I have no idea what I've done to you. I've taken what was a slightly over full wardrobe and just trashed your house because it was like, right, well, the stuff that my go to Vinnie's will put out on the couch out there and then and then the stuff that you're going to hand to your cousin or your sister will put in that pile in that room. And we had stuff everywhere in the hallways <laughs> and trash bags and, oh, it was a nightmare. And I'm like maybe I'm not cut out for this career. <laughs> <laughs> but then you learn from it. I did. I it became a really, did. yeah, it became a really good lesson and it, you, they, you would never, ever have that happen to you again and therefore it would never happen to a client of yours again. Mm, that poor friend, I think she was a bit shell-shocked and her husband came home in the middle of it and was like, I thought Tara was helping you tidy today and I'm like, it will be tidiness <laughs> at some point. Down the track when we get there, just not at this yeah. point yet. Ah, oh, bless them. Yeah. Um, have you ha- ever had any? Uh... Oh, look, I have lots of clients that have don't have much space to sort. So mm. yes, it does happen. Like sometimes you, it does definitely get 
messier before it gets tidier in some cases and that's just because you there's just not a lot of room to sort and so you're in this cramped space and you're trying to um, group things into wanted and unwanted and belongs in another home and all those kinds of things that you're doing and so you know you'll turn around and run straight into a box <laughs> that you've put behind you <laughs> because there's nowhere else to put that um, and then you know you sort of step over that and find you know go to the other pile and you step around that and so you can sort of make it a, a bit of a mess but it's it, it can be avoided uh, if you yeah stick to a couple of of little rules, um, but it it does happen and it's normal for it to happen. If it does happen to you, don't think that you're the only freak in the universe who can't organise without making a mess because that is so not true. <laughs> Everybody does yeah. it occasionally, and as Tara, you've just described, even the professionals um, will make <laughs> a bit of a mess before it looks good again. So, uh, but you know, if if you don't have the time the energy, the um, mental capacity to deal with a big mess that gets made when you do declutter, then there are some tips and tricks. So we've written a few down and we're going to go through a few of those um, today. Yeah, so I'm going to jump straight in and uh, my first tip or rule, if you like, about decluttering uh, without making a huge mess is to bite off small chunks of it, break it into zones or phases. So. Um, even if it's a bookshelf, rather than, you know, if you're not sure how long it's going to take and you're not sure, you know, what else you might find and how long it will take you to rehome things and sort things, instead of taking everything off your bookshelf, do one shelf at a time. And if that first shelf uses up your entire time frame, then that's okay. Then you've got something done and you, you know, move along. But um, if you pull it all out and then, you know, it takes you longer than expected, it can be really frustrating and then you end up throwing it all back without uh even dealing <laughs> dealing with it anyway yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing break it break it down into chunks and if that means you need to get out a piece of paper and a pen and plan your like phase one is the top shelf phase two is the drawer on the side you know whatever and then tick it off as you go bit by bit and it just makes it so much more manageable yeah for sure and I think that one of the biggest mistakes that people can make when trying to deal with a large volume of things is to try to organize and declutter at the same time, which is what all the books tell you to do. So the most popular books will say, pull it all out, group it into like with like, remove the things that aren't needed, used and loved, and then put everything else back. And when you've got really high volumes and then you attack a space, like even like just a bookshelf, um, if you do try to organize and declutter the whole space at once, you are going to end up with a big mess. And so one of the things that I often recommend is declutter first and organize later. And so when you, even if you do, you can do it either with the whole mm -hmm. bookcase or with one shelf, but just weed out what's unwanted first. And then you've got some clarity like, okay, now my space is at 80, 90% capacity because I've weeded everything out. Now I can arrange it and store the things that are way that I want on it without then having, you know, as much mess, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Right. So the next thing I think we need to be aware of or be really clear about is the amount of time we're willing to set aside to declutter. So a lot of the time problems arise when you've got half an hour and you start pulling things out, sorting and then, you know, 
you run out of time and so you'll either shove them all back in or you leave them in a mess, which just makes it more frustrating and harder to start again next time. So, you know, there's so many little traps that you find because you might, I keep going back to the bookshelf, but you take the books off trying to sort through which ones. Then before you put them back, like I'll just give that a clean and I'll just go find that nice paper for the drawer to line the drawer, you know, and it's so easy to get off track when, when doing it all that you run out of time. So be really clear about how much time you're gonna, you've got to put into it and try and pick a little chunk. And you know what, if you get through it with time to spare, you can always move on to the next bit. So like following on from the timing thing, it's also really important to not delay making decisions on things. And one of the things that will cause a big mess is if you have items that you need to make a decision about when they whether they're wanted or unwanted and you delay that decision by having a maybe pile or a a think about pile then you just end up with another pile of stuff to then go through later on so you're actually not solving the problem that you have you're just moving the problem that you have as well. Yeah I've heard the phrase um, used a lot by professional organizers don't put things down put them away and I mean Mm. you can use that I guess, in every aspect of your life when you walk through the front door with your mail, um, that whole idea of, you know, and we talked the other week about unfinished projects and about starting things and not finishing them. It's that same idea of deal, deal with it in the moment so that you don't have to revisit it. And even if the the, the area that the stuff's got to go back to is not perfect, so if you find, I don't know, let me think, a bunch of keys, old keys or keys to the back shed that you never use on your bookshelf and they don't belong there, that's not their home and you take them to the top drawer where you keep all the keys and you look in that top drawer and it's a mess and you think I've got to sort that. Now's not the time to sort that. Even if that place, that end zone is not perfect, still put them there where Mm. they need to go, where Mm. their home will be uh, and go back to the bookshelf and keep going. But, But take those things, make a decision about, them and put them there straight away because that yeah otherwise you can go oh I don't know I'll put that in my I don't know pile and all you do is move the clutter from one spot to the next spot yeah exactly and that's why I often get my clients to rephrase the way they speak about the stuff and instead of saying sort through this or go through this or tidy this I say rehome and de-own and so that becomes a lot clearer so that you actually like you're saying you don't just put things down you actually have to give them a home they have to go at least close enough to a home or near enough to other things that might it might live at one day but it has to go somewhere it can't go into another halfway house it has to have a permanent designated spot that it goes that like you said still might not be perfect but it goes I had a client earlier in the week and she's got a big cupboard in the in the main living area and it's their craft things and we were talking about this exactly talking about clearing her dining table and I sort of I picked up a was a pack of double-sided tape and I said for example this pack of the tape when we're going through the dining table we don't just sort of say okay um, this tape is important so I need to keep it and put it back on the table Uh, I said it'll go in its home and she said well the home would be the craft cupboard but the craft cupboard is a mess and I said 
that's fine. She said, so I just open the door and shove it in the craft cupboard. And I said, yes. <laughs> and then when the dining table is done, we go to the craft cupboard and weed and then organize that. But at least that that double-sided tape gets put somewhere that makes sense and then is going to be addressed later and it's not going to end up just making a mess in another spot somewhere else in the house. Yes, definitely. And I love, I love the way you talked or you've talked about it before um, about putting things with their friends and if you can't find that logical home, if that's why it's ended up in this random place that you're now decluttering, you think, I don't know, think about its friends. Who would it hang out with? Where would you go to look for it if, you know, if you thought I needed this and obviously you're thinking you do, which is why you're keeping it, where am I going to go? And that's the start and it doesn't have to be a perfect place. It just needs to be pretty close. Yeah, or it has to be where things, uh, where other things like it have been stashed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you've got sort of five different places where you've stashed different types of sticky tape, then you would just sort of go and try and click them all together in one of those spots, Mm -hmm. the one that you're most likely to remember, and that's a good start. One thing I have issues with, and I I think plenty of organisers do this, is having a keep box or a keep pile, and I've seen you know, decluttering blogs and things like that. And they say, oh, you know, get some boxes out. I have one for donations, uh, one for junk, one for keep. And I'm like, no, no, get rid of the keep box. If you're keeping it, it needs to go straight to its home. Mm -hmm. Because even though it's not, you know, you're making the decision and you're saying you keep it, if you're putting it in the box to keep, well, who knows that that keep box doesn't end up in the garage for 10 years because you need to keep that stuff, but mm. you never take it out. It just, I feel like you're just adding an extra step in the process. And I would think it's more it, valuable. It does do that. Yeah. Yeah. I would think it's more valuable to go, to take longer time to figure out where, like make the decision, however long it takes about whether you're keeping an item and then make the decision about where its new home is going to be and put it in that place. And even if that means it takes you twice as long to get through the one shelf you're doing, at least you don't then have to go do the shelf and then do the box and make the decisions all over again. Um, Mm. I feel like you can just kind of cut that step out. Yeah. You can. I think sometimes that step can be helpful though and I think it does depend on the circumstances and what what you're saying is so true and we've talked about this before about how so many clients end up with boxes of to keep um, that are in the garage that mm. we then have to help them go through or um, to to go through because they've, they kind of think, well, I, I think I want that. Um, I'll put it in here for now. And they end up with these pile of boxes that they procrastinate on. But I think there is a place for the keep box. And that place is when you are trying to do one room at a time in a heavily cluttered environment. And for example, actually, again, my client on, on earlier this week is a good example. We were talking about this and what what was happening with her when she was trying to declutter is that she was end up getting going room to room and and not finishing that room because the things that were in it belonged in another room, but the other room wasn't organized. And so she ended up getting all clogged up that way. So that's where I said to her, okay, so if you've got something, when we're doing the dining table, if we've got something in the dining table that belongs in uh, your daughter's room, but your daughter's room is too full 
to um, put this in and to then go and like make a decision about something that leaves because she's not around or whatever, then maybe it would be a good idea to have a box of things that are going to go in her room, put the box in her room. And then once you've done that, the dining room and that's all done. And then the next room maybe might be her bedroom. And that's when you declutter in her bedroom and then rehome the stuff that's in the box, kind of like unpacking after a move. It is double handling, but sometimes there aren't any other options if you don't have space. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I kind of should probably eat some humble pie because that that does make perfect sense. Um, I guess. But you're right. But no, I think, no, but you're right as well. Like there is danger in that. There is great danger in it um, and the double handling danger and the procrastination danger is there. So it's it's kind of like a, I was going to say, like a high-performance car, you know, drive it but drive it carefully. <laughs> like it's it's good but you just go carefully with it. Yeah. You know, it's not something, it's something that can backfire on you. It's a strategy that can backfire like you said. And I feel like quite often the keep box is can be used as a bit of a crutch to keep things that yeah, you don't yeah, exactly. really need to keep. But because you you think, oh, I don't know where this would live, I don't know how often I'd use it, it could probably just, I don't know, I'll put it in the keep box and it's like, well, actually mm, if I... And I'll deal with it yeah, later. <laughs> if I, um, <laughs> yeah. if, if it was, it's there's no box, it's staying or it's going... And you can't figure out where it should go if you have room for it, if you really ever use it. It's like, hang on, are you just using this keep box as a way to either mm. delay the decision or because you're creating a new space uh, that you're going to keep more stuff mm. than you actually need? I don't know. I'm a bit yeah. tarnished. I've seen, I think I've t- unpacked too many keep boxes and people's get like, what, <laughs> what, what are these boxes? What are these 20 boxes on the side of your garage? Oh, yeah. Last time we decluttered, this is the stuff we decided to keep. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that there I think if you have some rules uh, around the keep box and you and you uh, abide by those rules it can work for mm-hmm. you but yeah you have to be very careful because there is definitely that danger so they are to be to be handled gently and with caution. Yeah. Another rule that I would kind of implement or a, a tip if you don't want to make it a rule is um to make sure that the method of decluttering that you're using really works for you in your space because I know, you know, Marie Kondo, her suggestion is to, you know, get out everything in the house. So get every book in the house in the same room or get every piece of your clothing in your room on your bed. Um, And while that might work for some people whose bed is clear of everything else Mm. or who don't have so much clothing that it, you know, ends up, everywhere or who have the amount Mm. of time to then put it all back you know that might be fine for those select people but most of us don't set aside a week to declutter uh free of interruptions like they do on um the Marie Kondo program and it's like there's no one size fits all solution for the way to declutter so I'd be really hesitant to look at someone else's method and go well well you know I like Marie Kondo style. She says to get everything out, so I'm getting everything out, but I've only got an hour and then I'm off to work. And then the rest of your family come mm. home and you've got every book in the house piled up on the kitchen bench because you didn't get around to finishing it. So be really careful about whose methods you adopt um, because they might not fit your circumstance. And if you've got loads of clutter, you know, pulling everything out and putting it in one space is not going to help you get to a, a feeling mm. of, of um, 
organization, you're just going to feel more overwhelmed and more hesitant to crack into it. Yeah, definitely. I still remember someone commenting on, I think it was they commented on my Facebook page or something when I was talking about Marie Kondo and the clothes. And she said that she tried the Marie Kondo method with her clothes and put everything on the bed. And then, of course, she didn't get to it all or a kid was sick and she had to go to the hospital and then she got back and um, had to go to bed so she kind of just pushed the clothes and they all ended up on the floor. And then the next day she had to go to work. She got home from work and the cat had weed on all the clothes. (laughs) And so then she had to clean the clothes and it just did not work for her at all. So it actually tripled the amount of work that she had to do. Um, And it sort of it made me laugh. She was laughing about it as well. But it's just an example of, yeah, how it can sometimes backfire. Yeah, because, I mean, there are ideal world scenarios and the whole Marie Kondo method I don't want this to turn into a Marie Kondo bashing session because she's got some great points but the problem is Mm. you see you see people do a whole house in half an hour on a tv (laughs) show and you think how hard can it be Uh, exactly so um yeah I think that's something to be wary of yeah look the I reckon the biggest way to make a mess is unfinished projects and so if you don't finish the task you are going to make more mess. So you need to find a way to give yourself the correct time frame and the correct volume of work that you are then able to finish the whole task right through to the end. And I think we've repeated we're repeating ourselves a little bit in this episode because we kind of keep coming back to that, don't we, of actually making a decision and going through the whole cycle right to the end of yeah, it. Yeah, and it's not just about putting that item into its place in the house. If you have decided that this bunch of clothing or this box of toys is going to the charity shop don't you know like you've made the decision and that is awesome but don't stop there don't just leave the box at the front door or the bag of clothes in the boot of your car take it there and it might not be immediately it might be well look I finished decluttering those clothes I'll put them in the boot of the car because I know I'm going past the charity shop tomorrow that's fine but make sure you see Mm. it because so often we get 90% of the way through do all the hard work, make all the decisions and then kind of fall at this last hurdle where we, you know, mm. figure out, like I've done this before where you, you know, I've gone through a whole lot of um, old paperwork, tax stuff that doesn't need to be held on to anymore and I've gone, okay, all of this can be shredded. Oh, I don't have a shredder because I blew up my last shredder trying to stick too much <laughs> stuff in at once. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put this over here to be shredded. So it's like my bin pile but it doesn't make it to the bin mm. And it sits there and it's like I should have just left it in the cupboard until I bought myself a new shredder rather <laughs> yeah, than sure, pulling yeah. it out and sorting it and then having it sit out in a mess until I buy a new shredder. So it's, you know, have a look at what the task might be like and see if you've got time to carry it through and try and put those steps in place to make sure it happens. Yeah, leaving things for <laughs> leaving things for Ron to do. I think, who is it? There's, there's two. There's Ron and then there's another name. It's later on in someone else or something like that. But um, leaving it for Ron, one of my clients says a lot. She goes, I'm leaving that one for Ron to do. But leaving things for later on is is a cause of mess because the longer it waits, the more likely it is to just start to blend back in with the belongings of the house and have to be redone again later on. So, uh, yeah, the sooner that you finish those tasks and do it all the way, the better. And I think you know, probably kind of the last point on that whole finishing thing is when you start decluttering a space, really put the effort into finish decluttering that space before you move on. So if you've decided that today you're tackling the corner of the study, 
Well, then tomorrow, if you've got time as well, go back to the study. Keep going back to the study until you get through it mm. because a way to, you know, surefire way to kill your motivation is to do a bit of the study and then a bit of the kitchen and then a bit of your kids' rooms because, yeah. you know, you don't see the progress. You don't see the improvement. So yeah. keep momentum, pick a space, and however long it takes, see it through. And even if you that means you have one decluttered room in your house, that is far better than having you know, a teeny one shelf mm. in each room of the house. Yeah. And I was talking to this oh, the same, same client from this week. She's a very good example this week. But I was talking to her about this as well and she does that, you know, bits and pieces sort of thing. And I said to her, we, we really need to finish one room completely before you move on to the other. And there's so many benefits to that. There's a real flow-on effect. You know, once you've got that 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 room done and completely finished, as you're doing the other rooms and you're finding things that you want to store in that finished room, they have a home to go into. Mm-hmm. And so you're stopping that cycle. Whereas if you half finish the study, you move on to another room, you've got things that belong in the study, you go back into the study and start messing it up again by adding new homeless items to the space before you've actually finished creating homes for everything. So um, my my rule is, you know, you're only allowed to move on to another space once either all the culling has done and everything has a home in that space or at least you've made all of the wanted and unwanted decisions. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, you've made all the decisions about things, but I preferably want to finish it completely. Where and, and finish means everything has a home and everything fits. Mm-hmm. That's what finished means basically. Yeah, and look, you know, I guess, you know, what you've just said about making all of the wanted, unwanted decisions, if you've gone through a room and figured out yep, everything that remains in here now is everything that I'm keeping and you think, well, look, in the next couple of weeks I'm going to buy shelves and I'm going to reorganise and whatever. Yeah, That's okay. That's okay to come back to it because, like you said, the decisions are made. It doesn't mean finish doesn't have mm. to mean it's got the bow on top. It doesn't Perfect. mean that it's, yeah. everything's spick and span and clean. If you're in decision-making mode and letting go mode, and especially if you, if you get one of those skip bins or something and there's some kind of time pressure around moving things out, Make make all the decisions for one room and then move to the next room and then you can come back and reorganise. But as long as you've scheduled time for that because that's the risk then, isn't it, that it's still a mess and then you uh, keep adding stuff to it and it doesn't actually get organised even though everything in there is stuff you want to use or keep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. My final tip, and I've touched on this earlier, is the best way, well, this is my my opinion on the best way to declutter without making a mess, is to actually not pull anything out at all except the stuff that you want to go. So it, as you go through a bookcase, don't pull the whole shelf off. Don't pull the whole bookcase out. Just go through and find the books that you don't want anymore and just pull those out and keep doing that until there is room to breathe. And that way you actually don't make a mess because all you're doing is moving something from one space into the charity box and out to the car and nothing else is going anywhere else. Occasionally you might need to move a few things around or put a few things in front of the shelf to find to get to the things at the back. But for the most part, weeding will ensure you don't make a big mess and then you can go back and do another round later on once you've got some room to move. Yeah, I agree with that to some extent but part of me also (laughs) feels like and this is my own personal experience that 
when I think of things like uh, wardrobe and it's so easy to flick past and be like, yep, 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 I'll keep, 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 where I feel like it doesn't have to be pull it all out onto the bed or try everything on but kind of handle most things. So if you're looking through your bookshelf and you can't figure out which books to get rid of but you know you need to slim down a bit, maybe touch them or run your fingers along the spines and actually rather Mm. than, you know, if you can't see the ones jumping out at you, if it's not really obvious, maybe handle them a bit, you know, slide them out We could pull one thing out at a time. Yeah, have a look and put it back. Because I think sometimes, especially when we're used to seeing things in a certain way, if we've got you know, clothes in a wardrobe or books on a shelf and you're used to always seeing them all like that, sometimes it doesn't become really obvious what needs to go. Mm, that's true. Mm. Yep. I kind of like doing it in a stepped approach. So um, like you said, there is a lot of benefit to some grouping because you don't know how many pairs of black pants you've got in your wardrobe until they're all together. And so sometimes weeding, the weeding technique doesn't allow you to see that because, you know, you're like dress, 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 black pants, dress, 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 black pants, and they're not all together. So you can forget how many you've already looked at. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think until, if you don't have the space, then I think weeding is that first layer of the onion to peel Mm. off. And then the second layer um, can come after that. Because I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, your way, your, that method is, uh, faster and more effective and you would cull more but sometimes it's not possible with a space yeah. so like you were saying you know pick your pick your technique according to what what your space is like if you just have a regular amount of of clutter you will have room to do a little bit more of the grouping uh, if you've got extremely high levels of clutter you don't have that space to do that so you just have to pick and choose you know the ways that that suit your particular circumstances and experiment if that works for you So I think we've pretty much covered most of our top tips on ways to declutter without making a big mess, but we would love to hear if you've Mm -hmm. got uh, some things that you've used as well or ideas, techniques. Um, Please come and join us in our Facebook community and share them with us Um, or tell us your horror stories about how long it took you to (laughs) go go through your wardrobe or (laughs) the size of the mess that you made when you tried doing it all in one go. We'd love to hear all about it. Yeah, you can post your before and during pictures where the during looks worse than the before (laughs) (laughs) and so everybody can sympathise with you because they've had exactly the same experience. Uh, So, yeah, um, join us on on social media and we'll um, see you next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.